Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. The words that come out of our mouths matter. Today, Robert Quintana will help you learn the relationship between the Holy Spirit and the words we speak in part three of Come Holy Spirit. Have you ever said anything that you wish you hadn't said? I was about 13, 14 years old, and uh, my sister and I were having an argument. We were going back and forth, and it was getting heated. You know those kinds of arguments where you're not seeing eye to eye, and really I was just trying to get my way with something, and she just was not budging. Now, my sister and I are really good friends. Even to this day, we're best of friends, but I remember I was arguing with her and I was just not getting anywhere. And I said, you are such a, I can't say it. It's a rated R word. But I called her something that you should never call a daughter of God. And as I was just about to say it, I was thinking to myself, am I really about to say what I'm about to say? And as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was thinking, am I really just saying what I think I'm saying? And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I thought to myself, oh, why did you do that? I looked into her eyes and it got really quiet. And her eyes started to well up with tears, and she ran out of the room. And I thought to myself, oh, why did I just say that? Has anyone here ever said anything that you regret? Maybe you sent that text or that email a little too soon. Maybe you put something on Facebook that you came back and you're like, I need to delete that. I don't know why I said that. I've spent enough time to know that everyone here at some point in their life has said something that they wish they hadn't have said. Every one of us here, we've, all, we, we've, we've said something, we've sent an email, we've written a letter that we regret, maybe with a spouse, maybe with our children, maybe with our employer at work, maybe to an employee, we've said something out of anger that later we think, why did I say that? I should not have said that. And sometimes it's in public, Sometimes it's with someone else, with an individual. Sometimes it's in the car all by ourselves. Someone cuts us off and we just get upset and we rattle off a few words. And when we have a moment to calm down, we say to ourselves, why did I just respond that way? I'm here to tell you today that words matter. Words matter what we say to one another and what we say in private matter. In just a few moments, we're going to look at some verses that tell us why words matter. But you know, I don't want to be like Peter pre-Holy Spirit. Do you know what I mean? You know, Peter had a reputation of sticking his foot in his mouth. 
Peter had a reputation of always getting ahead of himself and saying what was on his mind, saying it right off the bat, and it often got him in trouble. It often got Jesus to say, whoa, whoa, wait a second, Peter, slow down. I want to share with you one of those examples. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of of, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17 gives us one of those examples where, where Peter just uh, spoke out of turn. Matthew chapter 17. We'll start here with uh, verse 1. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses, Elijah, appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here if you wish Let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? But in the very next verse, in verse 5, it says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Now, The book of Mark gives us a little more insight as to what took place here. If you want, turn with me to Mark um, chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Mark adds a little bit more to the story. It's the same story. The Mount of Transfiguration. And it says here, and we'll start with verse 2. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart from themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, just as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And verse 6 tells us, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. So here Peter is. He's so overwhelmed by what's taking place. He's so scared that he doesn't know what to say. So he comes up with this idea to build three tabernacles. Has anyone ever felt or has anyone ever been in a position where you feel awkward and you feel like you have to say something? And so you say something and then after you say it, you think to yourself, well, that was dumb. Why did I just say that? Why didn't I just hold back? It was such a bad idea. The Bible tells us that God interrupted him while he was speaking. While he was talking, the Bible says he was interrupted. Peter. Be quiet. Not your time. Not your moment. You know, we've all been in situations like that. I know. We've all been in situations where we've said something, something comes out of our mouth, and then we think to ourselves, 
why did I just say that? Why didn't I just stay quiet? Or why couldn't I have said it this way? Words matter. The Bible tells us that words matter. I'd like for you to go to the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at a few texts there. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. I have to warn you, we are going to look at a lot of passages today. So you need to be ready. And maybe pull out a pen and a paper so you can jot these verses down. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says this. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. Have you ever met anyone like that? Who the words that come out of their mouth, it's like a piercing sword. You know, everything that comes out of their mouth, it's like... Do you like my sorrow impression there? And the words come out and they hurt. They pierce. But in verse 18, it says, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. In some versions, it says promotes healing. In other words, he who has a relationship with God When words come out of their mouth, it promotes healing. It helps to build up. It helps to to bind the wounds. Now, I know that it says, but the wise. And why am I now saying that he who has a relationship with God? Because the Bible tells us that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So if you have that relationship with God, if you are in awe of him, if you're coming before him daily and asking him to come into your life, you will be wise. And the words of the wise promote healing. But he who doesn't have that relationship, the words that come out are words that wound, are words that pierce. The words that we speak matter. Proverbs chapter 15, just a couple pages over. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 tells us, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Isn't that not true? Uh, This is so true, especially in marriage. If you don't mind, let me just be a little vulnerable with you. There are times that Heather and I are having a heated discussion, and, and I have noticed that if I do not respond in, in a soft way and vice versa, it just continues to escalate. And if we're speaking harsh words to one another, guess what happens? That heated discussion gets really, really hot. But I've noticed that when she's chosen to say, you know, in the middle of it all, in the middle of that heated discussion, you know, I love you, all of a sudden, things change. I've noticed that in that heated discussion, if I say to her, you know, we're on the same team here. All of a sudden, the tone of that conversation changes. The words we speak matter. Words matter. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. How about uh, chapter 18, verse 21? 18 verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
Are you kidding me? I mean, I've just been saying it matters, but does it matter that much according to Solomon? Yes. It says here that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and he who loves it will eat its fruit. The words we speak matter. And they have the ability to either build up and heal, or they have the ability to tear down and wound. I want to share with you another passage that talks about the importance of the words we speak. It's all throughout Scripture. I just focus on Proverbs to save time so that, so that we can just go from one verse to the next. But it's all throughout the Scriptures, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God talks about the importance of the words we speak. Ephesians chapter 4. Here we have a New Testament passage. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29. Paul says to the church in Ephesus, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, in other words, what is good for building up, edifying, to build up, speak what is necessary for the edification, for the building up, that it may, now listen to this, that your words, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Can you believe this? That, that our words are so powerful, they're so significant, that you can impart the grace of Jesus Christ onto someone as you speak words of kindness and gentleness, as you, as you speak words of love. Words matter. What we say matters. Now, this is something very interesting that I discovered as I was studying um, this subject. That one of the reasons why it matters so much is because the words we speak are an indication of where our hearts are with God. The words we speak, let me say that again, is an indication. It is a barometer of how our relationship with God is going. You've heard me say this many times that how we treat one another indicates where our relationship is with God. You know, he says, if you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And so how we interact with one another, how we treat one another is a barometer of how our relationship is with God. In other words, our understanding of who he is and what he wants for our lives. And the same can be said of our words. The words that we speak is an indication of where our spirit, of where our soul, of where our heart is. Let me share this passage with you found in the book of James. Now, James is a little book all the way towards the end of the New Testament. Just right before the book of Peter and just after the book of Hebrews, James Chapter 1, verse 26. James chapter 1, verse 26. It says here, If anyone among you thinks 
he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Now that is pretty direct. In other words, James is saying here, listen, don't deceive yourself. If you have a hard time speaking words that uplift and words of love and and words of peace, don't, don't deceive yourself. There is work that needs to be done deep down inside your heart. He says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. James talks a lot about the importance of the words we speak. He talks a lot about how this is indicative of what's going on inside our hearts. I'd like for you to turn over a chapter to James chapter 3, where he kind of goes and explains this concept a little more. He goes in a little deeper. He goes a little further. James chapter 3. And let's start with verse 8. In verse 8, it says, and no man can tame the tongue. Well, that's kind of depressing. Are you telling me that there's no hope? No, there's hope. Oh, there is absolutely hope. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Because there is someone that can help tame the tongue. Now, some of you are already making the connection. Here we are in the middle of a sermon series, or actually at the end of a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. And soon you will discover how it's the Holy Spirit that helps us tame the tongue. You're going to see that. It's beautiful. But here it says, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. That's pretty straightforward. James isn't, he's not pulling back. He's not holding back any punches here. It is full of deadly poison. Have you guys ever seen a spitting cobra? Huh? Go on YouTube and and type in spitting cobra. These cobras, they'll they'll reel up like this, and then they strike. But when they strike, they open their mouth, and all this poison just jets out of their mouth. James is saying that your tongue is like that, full of deadly poison that we open our mouth and poison flies out. Man, verse 9. With it, he says, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. And so he says, listen, with our tongue, we praise God, we serve God, we come before him and say, God, you're awesome, you're wonderful, I can't believe everything that you've done for me. And then we turn to our neighbor, we turn to our spouse, we turn to our children, and poison comes out. He says in the very next verse, this ought not to be so. But we're going to get that in just a second. Here he says, we come before God and we praise God with our words and almost in the same breath we turn and we tear down, we wound, we pierce men and women who have been made in the very image of God, in the similitude of God. 
Now, I know some of you are saying, yeah, pastor, you haven't met my boss. There's nothing godly about that man. <laughs> you, 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 haven't, you haven't spent enough time with my kids because I tell you, listen, I understand that people are in different places in their journey and that there are some ungodly people out there. And I understand that there are people that, that need, that need um, you know, a little bit of work in their hearts. But let me put it to you this way. Maybe you'll understand, I think, what, what James is trying to get across here. What James is trying to get across here is that God is saying, these are my children. And so now I want you to put yourself in the parents' shoes. And if you were to walk into a room and your child was in that room and your child was being verbally abused by the teacher and saying, you're this, you're that, you're no good, I can't believe it, you're such a loser, as a parent, you're going to stand up for your child. And you're going to say, nope, not on my watch, this is my child, and yes, I know they're not perfect, Yeah, I know that they shouldn't have taken the crown and written all over the wall. Yeah, I know that they should should share. But you're not going to verbally abuse my child like that. No, it's my child. And so God says, these are my children, my sons and daughters. And you come before me and you praise me, but then you turn around and you verbally abuse my children? I remember someone saying to me once, Robert, you need to remember that hurting people say hurtful things. In other words, if someone comes to you and says something hurtful to you, uses words inappropriately, uses words to tear you down, instead of retaliating, instead of lashing back, just take a moment and stop and think. If they're saying something hurtful, it's because they're hurting. There is something within them that is hurting, and this is why they're speaking out this way. And James explains this a little bit more here. Uh, Read with me here. Uh, We'll read verse 9 again. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have made who have been made in the similitude of God, out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. And this is where James takes it that step further. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Does no spring yield both salt water and fresh. And so what James is saying here is that the words you speak is an indication of where your heart is with God. And if you are speaking words that build up, if you're speaking words of love, if you're speaking words of peace, it is coming from a good place. But if you are speaking words of hatred, if you're speaking words that tear down, that is coming from a place in your heart that needs some tweaking, that needs some help, that needs an infusion of the Holy Spirit. The words we speak are an indication of where our relationship is with him. This is why the words we speak is so important. Words matter. 
Words matter not only because of those around us and how we choose to either build them up or tear them down, but words matter in that they are an indication of where we are spiritually. And this isn't just always in public in front of someone. This is why what you say in private matters. This is why words matter even in private because they're an indication of where you are spiritually. Some of us can put up a really good front and some of us can just say just the right things when we need to say them when we're in public, but get us behind closed doors, get us behind closed doors with family, get us behind closed doors in in a car all by ourselves. It is an indication of where your heart is, of where your relationship is with God. But there is good news. There is good news here today. Because while we may not have the ability to tame the tongue, while we may not have the ability to change that, there is someone who can. And that, my friends, is the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to share with you some really interesting passages and an interesting conclusion that I think I'm arriving to. Because as I started to study this and in context of how the Holy Spirit is involved, the relationship between our words and the Holy Spirit, what I found is fascinating. And I'd like for you to now turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. We're going to look at one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. Turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 12, verse 12. Luke chapter 12. We're actually going to start with verse 11. Luke chapter 12, verse 11 says this. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, it says, do not worry about how you, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should pray. Does anyone here ever you know, worry about, man, if I'm ever, you know, taken before the courts or if I'm, if I'm ever called to share my faith or, you know, give glory to God. Does anyone here ever fear, fear am I going to know what to say? I know there was a time in my life when I did, but not after I read this passage. After I read this passage, I was like, I'm good. I'm golden. I've been given a promise I've been given a promise of God that the Holy Spirit's going to teach me and tell me what I need to say at that moment. And so it says, do not worry about or what you should answer or what you should say. Verse 12, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Now, that's an awesome promise that we don't need to fear the words that will come out of our mouths in that moment. Because if we trust in him and if we have faith in him, if we have been inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives, at that moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the words that you need to speak. Now check this out. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. 
for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so here we are, before the course, before the magistrates, don't worry, the Holy Spirit's going to give you the words to speak. Now here you are in your prayer life, you don't know what to speak, you don't know what to say, and, and you pray before God and, and sometimes you're just speechless. You're like, I'm going through a difficult time. I don't know, God, what you want. The Holy Spirit takes those words and he takes them before the throne of God. And with groanings that cannot be uttered, groanings that cannot be understood, he takes those words before God and he intercedes on your behalf. And he says, okay, here it is. This is what he's really asking for. This is what she really means. She's having a hard time putting the words together. But God, I know her heart. I know what he's thinking. And he makes intercession on our behalf. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is some kind of linguist. Like he's some like professional when it comes to languages and words. I want you to turn with me to 2 Peter verse 1. 2 Peter verse 1. This is what it says here, 2 Peter, verse 1. Starting with verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so here we have an instance where we are told that the prophecies in this book, and you can say, you can apply that to the entire book, that the word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Scriptures, the word of God was brought to us by the Holy Spirit. So here we have the Holy Spirit giving you words to speak, When you're in a situation that you don't know what to say, don't worry, he'll give you the words to speak. Here we have an an instance where the Holy Spirit says, okay, you're not sure what you need to pray for, but I know what you're wanting, so let me go and present that before God. Here we have an instance where we now know and learn that the Holy Spirit was in charge of the written word. Now, let me share another one with you in case you're not tracking with me. This one is so clear. Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Pentecost Day. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it fell, filled the whole house where they were seating. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And when you continue to read the chapter, you read the story of how the disciples went out and they started to preach in different languages. It would be like me going outside 
and there's a group of, of uh, Asians and I just a group of Chinese people and I start speaking in Chinese. You imagine? I don't know Chinese. I've never studied Chinese. But I start speaking in Chinese. It seems like the Holy Spirit seems as though he is proficient. He's a professional. He specializes in word, in the word, in languages. And so now, here we are. No man can tame the tongue, but there is one that can, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so as the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, as we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, he who specializes in language will help us know what to say, how to say it, why we say things. He will help us to bridle the tongue, to tame the tongue. Because as he comes into our lives, he changes us from the inside out. And the fountain that we possess within us becomes a clean and pure fountain. And now what comes out of our mouths are words that build, are words that build up, are are words that heal, are words that bring encouragement, are words that convey love, are words that convey forgiveness, words that share with others what it means to know Jesus Christ and his love for us. You know, we read a passage about Peter and how Peter was before the Holy Spirit. What was Peter like after receiving the Holy Spirit? Well, we know and we find out here in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 verse 8 tells us, that then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you. Pre-Holy Spirit, Peter was constantly sticking his, his foot in his mouth. Pre-Holy Spirit, he didn't know what to say, but he would say something anyway. But post-Holy Spirit, once the Holy Spirit came into his life, now you see a different Peter. You see a Peter that is speaking words of healing as he says to the cripple, silver or gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus Christ, get up. We see Peter after receiving the Holy Spirit speaking words that give glory and honor to Jesus Christ, to God Almighty. I want to put something here in your hands that you can take with you today that will help you measure the words that you speak. I want to share something that will help you understand the relationship of words and the Holy Spirit. Now, we've already looked at how what we have within determines the words that we speak. And James compared it to a tree. 
if that tree is rooted in a righteous foundation, then it's going to produce good fruit. But if that tree is rooted in bad soil, then the words that come out, the fruits that come out of your mouth will hurt. And so he kind of makes this comparison. And the question is, where are you rooted? Where are you rooted? And so a good indicator of where you are rooted is to see the fruits that come out. What are the words that are currently coming out of your mouth? I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians. Turn with me to the book of Galatians. And I'm going to give you something that you can take away with you today that will help you monitor the words that you speak. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I've never, um, I've never heard or seen anyone put these two concepts together, uh, but I think it's going to work for today's message. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. This is what I want you to do. I want you to start focusing and paying close attention to the words that come out of your mouth. And I want you to compare Or I want you to put your words up against the fruits of the Spirit. This is what I mean. When you say something, are your words loving? Are the words that you speak joyful? Are the words that you speak peaceful? Do they bring peace instead of war? Are the words that you speak good? Are they faithful? Are they gentle? Are they self-controlled? Because I believe that when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, the fruits of the Spirit will be revealed not only in our actions, but in the words that we speak. And so sometime this week, you might say something and you might go, oh man, that wasn't very loving. Stop. And say, God, forgive me. Forgive me because apparently there is something inside that isn't right with you. Lord, please forgive me and and help me to, to fix whatever is not right right now because I just said something that wasn't very loving. Help me through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak loving words. And you may say something this week that isn't very joyful. It's kind of a downer. It's kind of depressing. You need to say, wait, God, I, I stop right now. Please forgive me because there's something right not in my heart. There's something that's not right in my heart. God, please help me. I just said something that wasn't gentle. I just said something that didn't bring peace. God, please forgive me. Correct that in my life. Help me. Help my words to be words of love and joy and peace. Help my words to be gentle and patient. Help me. Words matter. Words matter. 
They affect the lives of those around us in powerful ways, in ways that people will struggle with for better part of their lives. As a counselor, and, as, and you can talk to, to our associate pastor, Roger Mace, the words that are spoken to an individual or to a child matter. They affect you deeply. And sometimes people are dealing with issues in life and, and they, they're having a hard time connecting. Why am I having such a hard time? Why am I so resentful? Why do I feel alone? Why do I, why, I don't feel valuable? And a lot of times it goes back to the childhood, to the words that were spoken into the lives of that child. Words matter. There are relationships here. There are marriages here. I know that are struggling. And sometimes we just don't pay attention to the words we say. And we just say hurtful words like it's no big deal. God says, whoa, whoa, wait a second, slow down. Because the words that you speak matter. They matter. Not only to the relationships that are around us, but they're an indication of what's down deep inside. And so my prayer for you and for me, for all of us here today, is that we be conscious of the words that we speak. And whenever given an opportunity, we go before God and we say, Father God, infuse me with your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit be poured out on me. Let your Holy Spirit dwell within me. And may the words I speak bring peace bring love. May the words I speak impart grace because words matter. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click the sermon audio link. 